Hey cousins, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Courtney Amanda, the host of Finessing Failure, the podcast. And today I have Michaela Taylor here with me, the SEO champion. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Courtney, for having me. My name is Michaela Copywriter. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, I'm an SEO copywriter and website strategist. I help women entrepreneurs and influencers grow their brands off social media with search engine optimization and blogging. And that is what I love to do. So I'm super, super excited to be here and chatting with you, Courtney. Well, the first thing I love to talk about on our podcast is what is finessing failure and how do you define that from like your own words? What does that mean to you? Yeah. So to me, finessing failure really just means not giving up. I know entrepreneurship is, it's a roller coaster, right? It is filled with tons of ups and downs. Um, and so to me, you may fail, you may have a failed launch, you may have a failed product. You may be like me who leaves their nine to five and goes back to their nine to five six months later. Um, but it's not about failure. It's just about not giving up. That's how you finesse it. Awesome. Yes, that is how you finesse the fail. And when you said failed launch, failed products, I felt that in my spirit. I've been there. Yes. I've done that. I've lived that life and I've come out on top. So tell me about journey through entrepreneurship because you kind of hinted at that quitting your nine to five to just go back. Tell me about that journey. Yeah, so I started my business in 2019. I have chronic okay. health issues. So it, it really makes it difficult for me to like show up in that typical nine to five schedule. You know, as entrepreneurs, right. we work when we want, like we create our own schedule, that type of thing. So I was really craving that. And, you know, you see on Instagram, people talk about entrepreneurship, that type of thing. So I was like, you know what? They romanticize entrepreneurship, girl. Yes. Is, it is the love <laughs> you want to be in. <laughs> yes. Right. And that's just, it's not as easy as Instagram makes it seem. I'll tell you that. At all. Yes. Yeah, so I started my business in 2019 and I decided, you know, I've always been good at writing. People tell me that I'm a good writer. And so I was like, let me see this copywriting thing. So I found a copywriting course and I started promoting myself on my Facebook groups and making an Instagram. And so that was the start of my business. And of course, awesome. like, yeah, creating a full-time income from your business isn't something that happens, you know, overnight. As I was, someone would have told me that when I yeah. first started out, um, I would be a lot further in life right now. So that was, that's the key. That's a major right. key. And you stress yourself out so much and like it contributes to having not the best mindset around money, around getting clients. And sometimes that can lead you to failure, like, because you've already counted yourself out. You know, you already have right. those negative limiting thoughts so that was yeah that's in the past though that was 2019 2020 then we had a sprinkle of COVID in there so mm. that was then but I went back to my nine to five actually right as COVID was kind of starting okay and then I left again in 2022 so okay. here we so are <laughs> 2020 you went back to your nine to five tell me how you felt like what where was mm -hmm. your mind make that change again to go back to that nine to five life. Right. Yeah, it was a lot. I think a lot of it, thankfully to COVID, that was like the rise of right. remote work. So I was able to work from home, which was a big thing for me before, you know, I was having to drive an hour, an hour and a half, get on three highways so I could be in the office. And that was just like, not I would have quit right there, an hour and a half commute. So working from <laughs> home. Yes. Right. No. It's too much. Traffic in Atlanta. No. Traffic. It's way too no much. No way am I driving an hour and a half to my job. Way too oh. much. 
that that was disgusting. I'm yeah, sorry. it's a podcast right. and all of that, but like it was miserable, and it was making me feel miserable skipping breakfast so I could make it to work on time. So I think the big thing was working from home, which made things a lot easier. And also, like, now that I don't have a commute, I can use that time instead to work on my business. So I certainly felt, you know, I wasn't excited to go back to a nine to five. I did feel defeated in a lot of ways. And I felt like, you know, I had to tell myself that I wasn't a failure because I, I still haven't given up. So even now, sometimes I think like, wow, you know, I am. I don't want to, I don't even right, want to say right. it, but like, we don't even want to put that in the air. We want to manifest and pray for the best things possible. So when people say, you know, I did this and I was scared, yes. it's okay to be scared, but as long as you're going to put forth the work that it's, that's yes. necessary to get you to that next step, there, there's no reason to be scared, you know? Right. Yes. Doing the work and right. not giving up. Cause there's, like I said, there's going to be lots of ups and downs. You know, we both could be have a lot happier in life and be living a lot longer if we weren't stressing about some of the things that we I want to go back to a part where you were saying, um, how did you put it? You said you were stressing yourself out about, you know, you not being able to or you not making it at where you expected to. Right. And you felt like you were a failure. But a lot of the times when we start businesses, we start them from the wrong place. We start them from the need. And instead of pretty much putting everything together and having that time and that patience for our business, when people start businesses, it's like, I need this money tomorrow. Well, you can't start a business on day one and expect to have so much success and so much money fall into your lap on day two. And I feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs fail because they Mm -hmm. just see this, oh, well, she just had a $100,000 day. She's been in business for 12 years. And that was her first $100,000 day. And again, Instagram glamorizes and romanticizes entrepreneurship and owning a business as if this isn't a love-hate relationship. As if I don't be cussing my business out because I didn't put in the effort the first two months. Like, it's not what people think it is and you have to have the right mindset. So speaking of mindset, I'm going to ask you a really hard question. When it comes down to personal development and when it comes down to, you know, you taking care of yourself, what are your favorite avenues to go down like with you being in business full time? Yeah. So I'm all about self-care and taking care of myself, especially after becoming a mother and just like time mm-hmm. just has a different meaning now on top of building a business. So I really like to prioritize like my mornings um, getting up. I know it's like debatable. Do you want to wake up at four or 5 a.m.? So you have that time. But to me, that time is so important to just have a slow start, drink my tea, you know, watch a show yeah, in the morning. <laughs> it could be a lot for sure. Yes. But sometimes like I'll be in bed. Last night I was in bed at oh. nine o'clock. So naturally like 4.30, 4.45, I was up. My body, I didn't even set an alarm. I was just up. So you got to go to bed early, which is also something I'm learning because there are seasons in business where I want to be working till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I get that. I feel that. Flowing. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's all like, I think that also just goes back to being able to set my own schedule, right? But setting aside time to just have that self-care is super important. Right. Even if it self-care is, is definitely something early. I had to learn, especially my first year in business where things were not going my way. And like you said, I felt like a failure. I felt like I was not in the space I should have been or I could have been. And it really weighed down heavily on me. And I'm just like, I need to do something that makes me feel good. 
So I like to spend money and spending money is one of my love languages. So I would go get my hair done, my nails done, Mm -hmm. go get my toes done. And living in that, that small feet of luxury helped me get through the first really, really tough year as a business owner when I wasn't doing or getting the sales I expected. Um, So it definitely helped out. Self-care is definitely one of those must do when you're starting a business, when you have a business, when you're running a business. Um, So let's go education wise. Do you do networking events? Are you into podcasts? Do you read books? What is your go-to? Yes, I love books. And I also love just being a part of masterminds and groups of other women entrepreneurs trying to grow their brands. I'm often very inspired and motivated, like working with coaches and just other entrepreneurs who are like me, starting a business, growing a business. Maybe they're a mom, just like we're right, trying to figure right. out all the things Okay, <laughs> so masterminds are really, really new to me. I've actually signed up for my first mastermind and it is February 20th to the 27th. And it is a mastermind on uh, mindset and growing on Instagram. So it's two in one. And if for seven days, we're going to have different challenges. So it's going to be a different feeling for me doing something new for the first time. But if you're telling me that they're going to be something good for me, I might, I'm going in with open arms already, but I'll definitely have open eyes as well. Um, So now that we know a little bit about you and we know what you do, for those who don't know what SEO means and how important it is, how crucial it is to someone's business. Let's go ahead and hear about it. Mm -hmm. How crucial is it to understand, know, and implement SEO strategies inside of your business? Yes, it is 5,000% crucial. If you're someone that thinks social media- And we live in the age of social media right now. Then you also- So there's no way we shouldn't think that SEO is also important. Your website is is your moneymaker. Exactly. And and we talk about social media just being free right? organic marketing for your business. And SEO is literally the same thing. It's free organic marketing, organic traffic for your website. It's just driving, optimizing your website so that search engines like Google are now finding it. And when people are searching on Google, they're going to get to your website versus, you know, on Instagram, you may whatever the algorithm is, algorithm is doing, you may or may not right. show up to your ideal audience. On top of the fact that your Instagram account right. Let's could be talk shut about down it. at any time, Let's talk about the it. app would close. So I was listening to a, I'm yeah. really big on YouTube videos as well. I'm a visual learner and that's, I love, I love videos, PowerPoint yes. presentations. I'm that girl. So I was watching a YouTube video and this guy says, yeah. um, oh, how did he put it? And now Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok all have feeds, right? They all have things that you scroll up and down, but, and so mm-hmm. does LinkedIn. But when it comes down to things like uh, YouTube and your website, they are search heavy. So mm-hmm. if you search something, your content or your information is going to pop up. Search engines are the same way. So if you create a blog and it has these amazing keywords in it and you put it out there, there is going to be a chance that someone who searches that information sees it and they go to your website and you can optimize just based on the fact that you wrote an yeah. article or a blog. And this person could be an ideal customer for you. Did I break that down right? I broke that down right, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. That was great. Okay. I love that you shared that. Yes. And I love that you are into YouTube. YouTube is also a very yes. SEO-based I'm a YouTube platform really. as well as I Pinterest. I love me some Pinterest. Pinterest. I haven't gotten into the actual technical yes. ads in Pinterest yet. Yes. But when I get down to it, I'm going to be that girl too. Yes. I'm going to be a Pinterest girly. Yes, be a Pinterest girly. Join me in being a Pinterest girly. 
Yes, I love it so much. And the lifespan, so the lifespan of a blog post is up to two years. And you can, you know, refresh your blog post annually to extend that. A blog that you wrote in 2015 could still be performing well in 2023. And I feel like YouTube and Pinterest, since they are also SEO-based platforms, your your content is going to have a longer lifespan. Now, when you go back, you talked about the feed that we have on Instagram and TikTok. Your feed is only, it's not going to show no. you something from two years ago. It's probably not even going to exactly. show you something Exactly. They are week. constantly <laughs> trying to figure out better ways no. to push newer. So with Instagram and yes. Facebook and LinkedIn, LinkedIn even, um, they're a little bit better about it, but they're yeah. constantly trying to show you better or newer and the newest forms of content that people are throwing out there for you. So they're not going to show somebody right. the best blog that you ever wrote two, two, three weeks ago. It's almost impossible. Right. So when people are looking at starting, you know, their business, SEO is, should be the first, if not second thing that they do when it comes down to actually organic marketing. Um, right. I know that if I had not already known that, I would have been in a very bad position. I do know that. And I do start a lot of my businesses mm -hmm. off with writing those how-to blogs because of the way that the yeah. internet is working these days. It's moving toward that. Well, yeah, how do you SEO. do this? Or how can you do this? And it's definitely best for SEO because they capture that first tagline. And if you build a, yeah. you know, how to make a candle at home and you sell you know, candle kits, you're going to pop up somewhere, as long as you're using the right keywords and you're targeting the right audiences, it's going to pop up somewhere for someone to see. Um, yeah. I didn't know that blogs lasted two years, though. That is something that's new to me. And you mm -hmm. can refresh it, you said? Yeah. So, like, if I have a blog post that's performing well and I posted it, you know, February 2022. Now that it's February 2023, it's been a year. I want to go back and look at that post. See, sometimes I might put, you know, this is how you can grow your blog in 2022. Well, now let me update that so it says 2023 to best optimize it and then letting Google know that, hey, this post was updated. We have some fresh content. And if there's keywords that it's already ranking for, don't delete anything on that blog post, but see if you can add more keywords, add more information to expand on that blog post and help it rank even better than it already is. I was just about to ask that. So with you updating it, does that help the ranking or help Google rank you better? Yes, it can. So my big thing is don't delete anything on your blog post because you don't know what combination of words Google is vibing with that they like. So keep the same blog post, but add like maybe add a paragraph in between, add some extra sentences somewhere. Um, and making sure that you're optimizing that post for the keywords that you want to rank for and that you're already ranking for so that you can rank higher in Google. It's all about ranking. It, it is. It. It's all about ranking because I'm never going to page 3,364 to find what I'm looking for. Yeah. If it's not on the first two pages of Google, I'm not looking for it. Exactly. And, and so you want to really be on that first page. Exactly. And people try to push the first page and they try to sell you these courses that teach you how to get on the first page of Google that have absolutely nothing to do with SEO. They're like, make YouTube, make YouTube content, make content on Instagram, and it'll eventually push you and your website up. But you could start from the beginning and actually have a great SEO combination yeah. and have a great website and people will naturally go there. Um, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's that's some secret sauce right there. 
I won't say yeah, a secret. I'm here for it. I think it's a hidden, a hidden sauce. How about yes. that? It's the one in the back. It's, it's the one in the back nobody wants because they don't want to put the work in. Yeah. So. Right, and that's the truth. Let's talk about timing. I know that as a copywriter, you spend a lot of time in front of your laptop. You spend a lot of time, you know, writing out articles, blogs, and research. When it comes down to writing a blog, you can't just post a couple things on a article and then post it up and say, that's the blog I'm writing today. What research goes into writing a really good blog? Yes, there's a lot of research that goes into writing a blog. I think the biggest thing that you want to focus on is your keyword research. Otherwise, okay. you don't know what SEO keywords you need to include in that blog post so that you can rank higher in Google. Okay. So I think that's the first step for me. I'm grateful to be at the point in my business where I outsource a lot of the tasks for my mm. blog because like you said, research, it takes a lot of time. You're doing the research. So I like to batch my keyword research. So I just have a spreadsheet of keywords that I can use, you know, for six months and don't have to go back and do that stuff. That's and then also that's actually amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something also that I'm working on offering as a service to others. So if someone's interested in that, I would love to help just like keyword research. It can kind of be, it can be tricky because if you focus on the wrong keywords going against big name websites like, you know, Alta or Sephora, you're not going to end up on the first page of Google and nobody's right. going to find out about you. Right. I'm going to share some secret sauce real quick because I started doing this and I saw a huge spike in my organic search so there is a tool yeah. um it's very expensive i'm not gonna lie um but i use the free mm -hmm. version it's called simrush and if you know anything yes. about simrush simrush is the key to life when it comes to yes. seo but there is a cheaper version of simrush called spy uh spy foo or spy f Oh, or whatever it's something of that nature but it okay. does the same thing as simrush um i compare the two and I compare my competitors yeah. before I compare myself. So I'll yeah. take my top five competitors, whatever, whether they're direct competitors, indirect, or they're in the same education space as me, and I'll see what keywords they're ranking for, but I'll go all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And I'll look at the keywords that are the long tail keywords and the small keywords. Yeah. And I will write articles on those, or I'll have someone else do it because I outsource as well. Right. Um, I don't always have time yeah. to write a 3,000 words. Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I will outsource some of that and I will share those keywords. I will do the initial research so that way if they're putting right. it together for me, it's I know what's going inside of it and I can proofread it and I can right. see if it's flowing well together or if we need to add something or take something away. But I've started spying on my competitors and it's helped me out a lot because not only are they already targeting some of the people I want for my my audience, they're right. already successful with what they're doing. So obviously Exactly. I'm gonna use their sauce. I'm gonna use what they're right. using and I'm going to try and make it better. So that way when they come exactly. to the website, I don't have a how to start, let's just say drop shipping article. I have a how to start drop shipping with zero money and scale to $5,000 in 30 days. That is the article that I'll be writing because it's very specific and it's gonna hit very specific people. So. Just a little sauce, just a little sauce. Yeah. But I like that you do do that. And I like that. How would you use your competitors to make your business better? Yes, but I actually love how you outlined that so much. I love that you talked about doing your competitors because that's honestly like the first step that you need to be doing in your keyword research. If you want to be, you know, ranking for the keyword of how to 
plan your life on your iPad. Right. <laughs> you need to see who's already ranking for those keywords. You need to see, you know, what are, are they selling digital planners? Like, is, is that something that you offer? You need to see, like, how do you use GoodNotes for an iPad digital planner? Why use my GoodNotes competitors up. in your niche? Yes, right. <laughs> I live by the GoodNotes. Like, I live by it. Live I love GoodNotes. It. Like, it's so, it's very organized and it also keeps me organized, but it's very creative at the same time. So I don't have to worry yes. about just like a plain piece of paper. I'm transferring everything now and right. it's the best decision of my life. <laughs> Yes, all the stickers, you make it so pretty. Like yes. I used to be a paper planner girly and it was like it was a lot of paper and then it was too much. Good notes. Yes. Good Amazing. notes. Every Good time. Notes. <laughs> yes. So if you're someone who's like trying to sell digital planners for iPads for people using Good Notes, you really need to you like search what if you were in your target, if you were your target audience, right? If I'm your ideal client, now what would I be searching for? So to find information about digital planners, about GoodNotes, and you really like, yes, you said five competitors, come up with as many competitors as you can think of in all right. different areas, whether it's a direct product, like you said, the education, and see what keywords that they're ranking for. And there's also uh, tons of different AI tools. We could go down an AI rabbit hole. And I love that you brought up SEMrush as well. There's so many SEO tools, but these, some of these, copywriting and AI SEO tools will actually copy and paste your competitors' blog posts, like the headlines that you're using, and you can just, you know, make it better, create better content. Obviously, we're not going to plagiarize, but you can use those same headlines that are ranking on page one of Google, and these tools will just copy and paste the headlines over. Now you just have to write your blog post, or now that's an outline that you can share with your VA or blogger, you know, your writer to do that. That is some secret sauce. And I'm going to add to that because I've actually done that before with um, a product description. I couldn't figure out how I yeah. would word my product description for this specific audience because it, one, it was a brand new business for me. But two, I wanted it to sound better than just large t-shirt, white, cotton, polyester blend built for you. I didn't want that. So wow. I was searching and searching and on Pinterest, I found this yes. app and it is called anyword.ai and you can put your target audience in and it will uh, like in a sentence or you can copy and paste like the, the d default template or whatever and it will spit out seven or eight different options for your target audience based on what it is. I need you. It's not free. It's I was going to say, true. I have a blog post with AI tools and I need to update it with that one. But I try to um, add like my free AI, but I'll add that one as a shout out from this podcast. I chatted with my girl, Courtney, and she hey. said, y'all need to be trying this any it word. It is definitely AI. something you need to try. Um, they do have a seven day free trial. I will say that. And within the seven okay, days, we love it's the premium part and you get to try all of their tools just to see if it's for you. And I used it for yeah. product descriptions and a landing page. 10 out of 10. Oh, nice. 10 out yeah. of 10. So, and it, it converted very well for what I was doing. And I even thought that it was mm -hmm. like, you just spit this out in less than a second. So I saved so much right. time and energy time. and money. Yeah. So I definitely would look at using or even just sourcing that for small projects. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to look into that one. Awesome. So, Let me write it in my good notes. Right. Right. Jot it down. 
So after we have done a amazing job researching and we start the process of writing out a blog or writing out an article, um, what does your process for that look like? And how have you found success in being efficient with writing out a blog post? Mm -hmm. Well, I love that we started talking about AI because AI helps me a lot with writing blog posts. Now, I okay. don't say I would not recommend for you to like, there's tools where it's like one shot blog posts, like Jasper, for example, right. which they say is the Mercedes of AI. So take that as you will. But you could Sounds like enter a, your blog post title. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like $30 a month. If that's yeah. what a Mercedes costs these days, <laughs> right. there's a lot of free ones. But you could like have AI write your entire blog post from start to finish, copy and paste, and then put that in your website. I would not recommend doing that because Google, as they continuously update their al algorithm, they're trying to find ways to like weed out whether or not um, a blog post was written with AI or not, because that content isn't going to rank as well. But you can be more efficient in your blogging using AI. You can use AI to help write after you do your keyword research. You could go another great free tool is ChatGPT. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's been like I in the was media going to ask you the last couple of like the yes. last week or two. I've been seeing so much about that. Is that a tool you would recommend? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you have to be patient with it because it's free and it's gaining a lot of popularity. Sometimes it will like, you'll go to the website and it will say, Hey, we're at capacity right now. Too many people are using it. That was me this morning. It was a Monday morning. I was trying to, you know, do some outlines for blog posts and it was like, sorry, it's 8am on a Monday. Too many people are trying to, you know, <laughs> they buy their life for right that capacity. But the more they use it, right. or the more people use it, the better they will get, as well as the faster they'll get. So they'll probably be just like any other AI yeah. tool here soon. Right. Okay. Because I've been right. seeing it a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. What all does that do? Other than your keyword research, is there any other, you know, specific feature that you would like to outline in it? Yes. Yeah. So I, I put in my keywords and I say, hey, write an SEO headline. Headline. So ChatGPT, it's a chat-based AI software. So my husband, who, you know, doesn't own a business, he just does it for random things. He will, like, say, you know, give me a two-week workout plan for legs and biceps or something. Like he probably mm. would say something different, but that's an example. And ChatGPT will say, sure, I can do that for you. Here's a two-week workout plan focusing on the legs and biceps, you know, do 10 reps of this, 10 reps of that. So you can really use ChatGPT for anything, you know, a meal plan, write a gross grocery list for a pescatarian, you know, something like that. But in your business, you can be really specific. You could say, you know, write a product description for a skincare brand selling face masks. Um, but I will just say, you know, write an SEO headline for a blog post titled this or um, write a blog post. Okay, then I copy and paste that list of headlines it just gave me. And mm -hmm. now I say, copy one of them. And I say, write a blog post outline for this headline, you know, that they just wrote. And That's they'll give awesome. me the whole outline. Yeah. So, and so sometimes I sometimes I do copy and paste, you know, the outline and say, write this blog post to see what type of information they're putting out there because AI is really just pulling out 
pulling information that's already out there on the internet. Sometimes right. it just may not be, you know, not information from 2023, but maybe I think ChatGPT's most up-to-date is 2021. So it's pulling information that was existing in 2021 that now you can use for inspiration for writing your post. I just wouldn't copy and paste it. And I love that you said inspiration. So in this age, we're very, you know, I said how to, how to do. Um, We need or we Mm -hmm. crave an outline before we do something. I'm the same way. I need to see an outline of something. It cannot be a blank page. I have to be able to see how far down I need to go, what I need to check off on my way in order for me to complete the task. So with it being an outline or being outline producing, that's even better. Because now I have this whole page of, okay, well, they have a title here. What's my title going to be? Write out my title or brainstorm my title. The next part, paragraph one, this is what they have in here. Well, I'll probably put that in paragraph number two. And that's where you're spinning it to be Mm -hmm. your own. And it's also a very authentic and genuine blog versus it being something that's written by a machine. I love it. Exactly. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me too, girl. And so you mentioned outlines. There's another AI tool that I found out over the weekend. It's called checklist.gg, but it's basically like you use it to write checklists about anything for SOPs, for business. Um, what was I using it for? It was late and I was just finding out about it. I think I wrote like write an SEO checklist or something. It doesn't do that. Mm. So I'm going to be playing around with that more this week. And you could use that like you know, write a nighttime skincare routine checklist or something. Mm. And like, you can make that a lead magnet for your audience. Right there. That's something so it's all about simple. Right. You want an automating, mm-hmm. simplifying and automating yeah. to the T. Okay. So we just dropped so many gems in this one, <laughs> this one time frame. I have a couple more questions yeah. for you though. So we all know that SEO is important. We all know that Google is mm-hmm. actually fighting for the number one spot in search engine optimization right now. But mm-hmm. how do you use SEO on social media to convert social media clients to your website to convert them to actual clients? Right. Yeah. I think that is really about all about your customer journey and figuring out you know where people are getting to your website to what the most popular pages are, which is why I love Google Analytics mm-hmm. for kind of following your client's journey across your website. Are they coming from Instagram? Okay, like, are they going to your link in bio, which is why I recommend you don't use Linktree or anything like that. Use your website for your link in bio so you can track that. Okay, they go to your link in bio. What's the mo- most popular link they're going to? Are they just dropping off after that? You know, do you need to add additional copy, more information right. to that most popular page? Or are they continuing on your website to different areas and what those areas are? So I think from social media to your website, it's just about understanding that buyer journey and where you can further optimize and improve that for your user experience and for your clients. I like it. So I like that you also said not to use a link tree or another like linking um, mm-hmm. oh, what's it called? Like a linking platform. So about two years ago, I was using Solo2, which was really big on uh, TikTok. And mm-hmm. I, someone said that same tip. So what I did was I built a link page on my actual website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the link page would take you to different parts of my website. And it was so much more efficient because I was using Lucky right. Orange at the time. And Lucky Orange is like a heat map um, roadmap for your customer journey. And it would say, you know, coming to this page, this is the most popular page. Well, yeah, that's my link page. Of course it is. But the next step was where did they go after that? And that is where I found the gold and anything I needed to fine tune 
um, if they dropped off immediately yeah. or if they circled about or if they looked at a couple of other things, I think that's important. And a lot of people are using those link trees, those um, what solo twos. Mm -hmm. There's another really big one. Um, Popcart, I think Popcart is one of them. But yeah, if they stand store now, stand store that I just saw stand store not too long mm -hmm. ago. And if they actually had, well, and I know a lot of them are using them because they don't have an actual website website. They're right. having land a lot of landing pages, um, but it'll be a lot easier right. for them to track and retarget a lot of their customers if they used that website linking page um, just for retargeting right. ads or even, you know, having them sign up and putting them inside your funnel. Exactly. Yeah, okay. it's, it's super important. I'm passionate about anti-link tree. <laughs> anti-link tree. We are not doing link trees this yes. year. Put it on your website. No. Track those customers. Right. Put them in your pixel. Um, the next question I have yeah. is, thinking back to when you first started out, what is a piece of advice you wish that you would have gotten? So honestly, when I first started out, I, I shouldn't have, I wish I could tell myself to not be too concerned with my website. And I had to make sure I worded that right because now we've been talking about websites. I do SEO. Why are you now saying to not be too concerned? But there's so many things like one, you need to know what to put on your website. Mm -hmm. You need to know who your target audience is. You need to do some market research on your target audience and what problems they're having so that your offer is providing a solution to that problem. So Let's I was so talk focused about on the website. Yes, because we need to understand our audience. And I just, yeah, lessons learned. Words we need to advice. stop slapping businesses up with no target audience, yeah. with nobody in mind, and saying, yep, it's here. There you go. That's right. all for you. Here's my and offer. having no plan behind that. Right. Here's my offer. Take it or leave it. And they leave it. Right. They don't and like then wonder, it. And I wonder why them. they leave it. <laughs> and yes. you wonder why they leave it. It's because it's not for them. It's not for them. It's not for the people you're putting it out there for. Um, because you just yeah. slapped it up there. You took no time to do the proper research behind. And I'm glad you said market research because that's one of my favorite words now. I will literally spend a full yeah. month deep diving into a target audience before I even think of a business or launch the business or even put a social media up for the business just to make sure that there's an right. actual market for what I'm wanting to sell. Exactly. It's pretty important. Yeah. So not being concerned about a website and the aspect of it not being perfect. What part of your website should you have not been concerned about? Girl, all of it. I shouldn't have been concerned. I don't think the first step of your business should be to create a website. Like, And what do you think? The first step should really be that market research, should be understanding what your target audience wants. It should be validating your offer, whether it's a product, a service. You really need to do that market research to validate what you're trying to go into business doing or sell is actually going to sell. And so that, yes. I was, I wish I could tell, go back in time, tell myself that, but it's all a part of the journey, so. It is. Uh, that was one of the mistakes that I made as well. When I first started, uh, started out, I didn't know what market research was and I didn't know why it was important. And had I known why it was important, I think my hard-headed self would have been like, you probably need to go ahead and do this. You probably right. need to go ahead and get that done. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then what is one piece of advice you would give a beginner entrepreneur on their journey? Like, what is one piece of advice you think that they need to hear? Yes. Yeah. 
one, do your market research. But like two is just not to focus on all the shiny things in your in entrepreneurship, you know, the photo shoots, the brand colors, the logo. Is this the right color that's going to go? Well, is this the right Instagram aesthetic? I need to post every other picture than it needs to be a graphic. Like, don't worry about those shiny things. Just focus on who your target audience is, what you're selling to them, what transformation you're providing to them with your product, your service. And that's what I would tell them because people get so caught up in these colors and these logos and all of that. And that literally does not matter at all. I at mean, all. I won't say at so, all, but it's pretty low know, on the total. I teach my students to not pick a logo, a brand name, or a brand color until after they've done their market research and their target audience research. Because how do you know that blue is going to be a color that your target audience wants to see for your brand? Right. You don't. You haven't done the, re you haven't done the research yet. Well, is this a good find? Right. No, no. Did you do the research? Did you right. research the other companies in your in your field and saw what what they were working with before? No, you just want to slap up a logo to say you got a business already. You're not taking the time right. to actually put your business up. The people who focus on shiny objects don't have a foundation for their business, which is why they yeah. need those shiny objects to uh, to attract customers. And even then, they won't be ideal customers. They'll just be people that oh, they bought because your your picture was cute, or oh, your Instagram aesthetic right. kind of brought me in, but they aren't really your customers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that you mentioned foundations because I feel like I try to skip over the foundations. And a lot of that is mindset. It's market research. It's understanding, like, what is your schedule going to look like? There's always going to be a million things to do as an entrepreneur, but how are you structuring your time to be able to check things off the list? You can't go from, I'm going to be you know, packaging products or, you know, doing stuff in Canva and the next minute you're turning around and doing a blog post and then now tomorrow you're doing another blog post, but you need to run to the store to pick up something like that has no rhyme reason. There's no structure to that. So you and you're going to burn yourself out doing yeah. all of that. If you don't have a routine yeah. and you're not focused in on being efficient with your time, you're going to burn yourself out. And then you're going to be like, I'm yeah. not being successful in my business because you didn't necessarily hit those three things you're supposed to do but those three things took you all day and you didn't know that right. i am huge on outsourcing a lot of my work because i know i can't do everything right yes that's and something I think, i've been learning leading yeah, into I that I, I cannot do everything and once i realized i couldn't do everything and i took those control reins off and i gave them to someone else mm -hmm. and they were someone else's responsibility i felt so much better and i felt like i could get so much more done Yes. I haven't built That's a website for this week. Yes. Outsource. Put it on someone else's yes. plate so that you can enjoy yes. what's on your plate. That's phenomenal advice. I love it. Um, so I used to be a bartender for about almost oh. a full year and a half. I still do it every now and then. But on this show, we drink. I unfortunately don't have a drink in front of me. Um, I really need one right. at this point. But yeah. I don't have a drink in front of me. I'm going to go grab a bottle of water because I need to hydrate. But okay. on a successful day, on one of those days, you've written all the blogs, you've done all the research, you and your clients are seeing yes. major success. What is one drink that you go to to celebrate with? Yes, my go-to is an espresso martini. Bonus points, if with the foam, you can do a little logo, a little design. I've seen them, they put your face on it. So that's bonus points, but definitely an espresso I... martini. 
I tried an espresso martini the first time. And I was, at first I was like, mm. but after I got to the bottom, I was like, I need yes. another one of those. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I love it. So the, the drink of a true finesser is an espresso martini. Yes, a true okay. finesser, an entrepreneur, okay. get that good feelings going and then get that coffee in so you can get back to work. <laughs> I will tell you um, a piece of advice from me to you is to celebrate the small wins. So even if it's not a huge day in sales, even if it's not, you know, a viral video, celebrate the small wins because those small wins will lead up to a bigger win later on in life um, or later on in that yeah. week. You never know. It just depends. Right. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate all the time. So awesome. Exciting. I'll talk to you Thanks soon. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Yeah, Bye. Bye.